God is with us. And we've been focusing on different aspects of how that God is with us. And uh, so the first one we talked about is how God is with us in the valleys. And uh, though uh, how that we can really learn a lot about God while we're going through difficulties in those valleys. Then we talked about how that God is with us in the, uh, that he's with us in the wilderness. And that in the wilderness points in our life, the, the battles that we're going through there and feeling alone and losing our bearings, how that we can truly experience God's uh, presence and his anointing in a greater capacity in our lives. And then we talked about last week about in the storm and uh, how that God is with us, that we should never let the presence of a storm make us doubt the presence of God being with us. Amen. And so uh, this has been a great series. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Today we're going to talk about how that God is with us always, how that God is with us always. And so we're going to look at a couple of different things. I'm going to share with you some things um, that I do whenever I'm wondering, where is God? You know, even though we're going to look at some passages that say that God is with us, still there are times in our lives that we go through moments where like, man, it just seems like I'm, I'm by myself in this uh, and uh, I'm going through difficulty in my life. But I want you to know God is with us always. He is with us always. We should never let the, as we talked about last week, we should never let the presence of a storm make us doubt the presence of God. God was with Paul on that boat. His angels were right there with him in the midst of that storm. And so let's look at our key verse here that's out of the book of Matthew chapter 1 and uh, verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, Isaiah 41.10 tells us that God is with us. It says there that we are to fear not, that we're not to be dismayed, that God says, I'm with you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20, Jesus told us after his resurrection that he says, and I will be with you always, everybody say always, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age, even to the end. So I'm going to be with you through everything you're going, every season of life. I mean, what does always mean? It means always. It means no matter what's going on, I am with you always. Good times, bad times, challenges, no challenge, I'm with you always. And then Hebrews 13.5 is another one you can write down, and that's really powerful as well. The second part of the verse there says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. And then just a few verses later, it says in Hebrews 13.8, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's the same forever. So these are really solid, affirming promises that we can have that God will be with us. But what do we do when we're in those moments in our life where it doesn't seem like God is always with us? When we're facing something in our lives that we're like, this is this just is bad. This is just not a good situation. So what can we do? And here's some things that I do that I believe will help you. So if you're writing these down, um, uh, I'll make my notes available to you afterwards if you miss something. I ask a couple of, I, I, I remind myself of these four things. So there's going to be four things with this. Number one, 
what you hear isn't always what's being said. What you hear is not always what is being said. What you hear isn't always what is being said. Just because you hear something doesn't mean that's right. That doesn't mean that that's the end of the story. And, you know, it's interesting in Mark 4, 24, when Jesus was talking with his disciples, he said, you remember this passage, be careful what you hear. Be careful what you hear. Which immediately tells us that hearing is a choice. Right? That's why you women get aggravated at your husbands, because you know they're making a choice not to listen. Shame, 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 shame. Right. But see, hearing's a choice. And what you hear is a choice. Or he would not have told us, be careful what you hear. Now, he takes that even further, and you have to use the amp, you have to go to the, uh, some amplified, expanded versions to see this or dig into the Greek of this. But what he was really trying to say was, is that, listen, be careful what you hear because the measure of thought and study. You'll hear all kinds of things, but that doesn't mean you should give thought or study to those things. You know, you don't ponder on them. You don't dwell on them. You don't meditate on them. You don't keep them in the forefront. Because what happens when you do? They mess you up. They will The wrong things, thinking the wrong thoughts can mess you up. It can move you down the wrong path. And so what we have to recognize is, is that this is a choice. God isn't making that choice for us. We have to make that choice in our lives. So I remind myself when I'm going through and it doesn't seem like things are working out right, things are going the way that I thought that they should, that I have to remind myself that what I hear isn't always what's being said. Sometimes we get a report from the doctor that's not a great report, but that doesn't mean it's the final report. Doesn't mean that's the final report. And so Jesus said, Mark 4, 24, be careful what you hear, the measure of thought and study you give to the word that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that will come back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. So when you and I, when we give thought to something, it produces virtue or power to our lives. It produces, you say, well, pastor, are you saying that we just say whatever we want to say and that we'll have whatever we say? No, I'm talking about you internally right now. You saying over you. You speaking over your life, how you're going to interpret the things that are going around, going on around you. You know, anyone who's got everything easy can say, God is with me. Someone that's going through a bad situation and standing up and saying, no, God is with me. Now, I'm telling you, that's what faith looks like. Faith says, I got this. God, God and I got this together. We're going to get through this. So this is really a powerful thing for us that what we hear isn't always what's being said. And I love this passage out of Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 8 because this just shows you the real power of who God is. He said it again in Isaiah 5.26, something similar to this. He said that I'm going to whistle for you and gather you for I will redeem you. See, God, you know, when I, when I go out to get my sheep, you know, and I get to bring them into the barn, and maybe they're not figuring out that I'm trying to get them into the where they need to go. All I got to do is start making a whistle or a sound, and they know that's where I'm at. Look, run to the whistle. <laughs> run to the whistle. And in the midst of your circumstances or whatever it is that you've heard this last week, how many of you heard something this last week wasn't so great? 
You hear stuff all the time. I mean, you can watch the news and, man, you hear all kinds of stuff. And you're like, oh, my goodness, the world just, we're, this is it. You know, last days, it's all going to be over. Well, it is the last days, but, you know, it's all going to be over soon. You know, there are people freaking out over the stock market right now because it's just so volatile and it's so up and down. What a great time to invest. Amen. Look, because if you know, you know, people that are wealthy, they don't react. It, they don't react to every little thing that's going on there because they know they've hearing a different voice. And that, that voice is saying that you don't get ahead unless you get in this for the long haul. You know, I, can I tell you something? Can I be real honest with you? Mark hit this a couple of weeks ago and he'll hit it again during it. Anything that promised you quick return, forget it. Because true wealth, according to your Bible, true wealth is built in your life. A little here, a little there. You gather it, you get interest on it, it increases, and it continues to increase. You invest, you increase, you invest, you increase. And when I say invest, I mean like giving, you know, because giving is an investment to me. Giving isn't just giving. Giving is an investment because I expect a return. Man, I'm doing way better preaching than you are shouting right now. But see, when you listen to the wrong voices, you know, like the knuckleheads that you work with sometimes, they're like, man, you got to get out of the market. You got to cash your 401k out. You got to get out, buy gold, bury it under your bed mattress. You know, get, you know, look, I'm telling you, pay attention to me. I'm trying to help you. If you're going to do this, it's over the long haul. It's not over the short run. Increase comes over time in, and patience and waiting. And I realize that that can be tough, but who are you listening to? See, when you remind yourself of the right things, you'll forget the wrong things. When you remind yourself of the right things. That's why Paul talked about in the book of Ephesians. He said, listen, folks, in all things that you deal with, Think on these things, whatever things are good, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report. We can all focus on the negative things in our life where we don't think, you know, God, where are you at? Why aren't you here? Why aren't you taking care of this? How about if we focus and we listen to a different voice, a different voice than the one that we've been listening to? You know, we're going to have people tell us all kinds of things. We're going to tell ourselves things. But what thought and study are we going to give to it? How long are we going to ponder upon it? What reinforcements are we going to bring alongside of it? That will be what will be indicative of whether there will be virtue and knowledge that comes back to us. And remember this, it always reciprocates. That means it continues to increase because he said that. And so if you have that, you'll have more of that. So it doesn't just end with what you have, good or bad. Doesn't end with just what you have, good or bad it will continue to reciprocate itself to become either worse or to become better. Well, you didn't shout a lot on that first one. I don't know if you like the rest of these, but here's number two. What you know isn't all there is to know. What you know isn't all there is to know. I, one of my, my all-time favorite stories about this is Jerry Savelle. You know, Jerry's preached here at our church, and I love Jerry. We just saw him the other day at Dr. Barclay's and talked to him, and and uh, Jerry has been like one of Sharon's, and I. he has helped us so much because Jerry just keeps it real, man. He talks about all the crazy stuff that happens in his life and how he gets through it by faith, and and uh, so we, we just love his ministry. And uh, 
Jerry was flying with Brother Copeland on an airplane, and they were on a they were on a jet, and it was a high altitude deal. So you know they're way up. Well, while they're way up in the, he and Jerry are on the plane alone late at night, and while they're up in the while they're up and way up in the high altitude, all of a sudden the the cabin became depressurized. It started depressurizing. So Jerry immediately grabbed the air mask. You know how they, on the planes they tell you when that happens, put the mask on. So Jerry grabbed the mask that was there on the floor and he put it on. And Brother Copeland said, I only have one of those, give it to me. Now Jerry was sitting there in his seat and while he's, while he's got that mask on, he's thinking, hey, wait a minute, you just got done preaching on faith. Where's your faith at, Right? Why aren't you believing God? Why, you know, come on, you're the great man of faith and power. You need to, but, but here's, what, here's what Jerry's not thinking about. If Brother Copeland passes out, we're dead. We got to keep Brother Copeland alive here because he's the pilot of the plane. Well, Jerry never did figure that out. Jerry took that mask off, and he was so mad at Brother Copeland. He's sitting in his seat. Brother Copeland's got that air mask on, flying through the air, breathing just fine oxygen. And Jerry's sitting over here, and he's thinking, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. I'm dying right here in this seat, and Brother Copeland doesn't even care about me. He doesn't care about, but here's, what you, here's, here's the point. What you know isn't everything. And when they got on the ground, Brother Copeland actually, when he got the door open to the plane, he fell out of the plane laughing on the ground. And Jerry says, well, I don't know what you think is so funny. He said, because I know what you were thinking. You thought I was going to have you die on that airplane. He said, but Jerry, have you ever thought, have you ever thought that if I'd have passed out, we would have both died? Do you know how to fly a plane, Jerry? Well, no. But see, but what happens when we're going through difficulty? We become very internal, don't we? We become very focused on what's going on to me, how it hurts me, what's going on in my life right now. Instead of thinking that, there may be something more that I need to know. There may be some more information that I need in this situation. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 says this, that when you and I, when we're going through a difficult situation in our lives, it says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Now, like I said, it's easy when things are great to say trust in the Lord. We say, everybody says amen. And I'm assuming as few amens as I'm getting, maybe some of you aren't going through such great times right now. But trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean to your own understanding. See, that's what you already know. So I always remind myself, I don't know everything. I don't know everything about what's going on. I don't have a full grasp of this, and there may be something else. Somebody one time said this, and I thought it was, I used this in a message one time. Sometimes all we need in our lives is a change of perspective, and it changes everything, right? You know, like Sharon and I, we went down to Saginaw this last Friday. They were doing their big Christmas outreach. They were figuring they had between three to 400 people come through there in one day, in just a few hours, actually. And so we go down, and we're, and, and listen, when you help people, that have way less than you have, I'll tell you what, it puts the holidays in perspective for you. It puts everything in perspective for you. Because what you see is you see people that maybe they don't have a lot to rejoice over. Maybe they're barely keeping themselves their head above water and they're just going, you know, and here we are, we're, our stuff's, our refrigerators are, I mean, we're prosperous people. I'm Sharon and I are prosperous people. 
We're prosperous because we give. And we're prosperous because we're getting out of debt. And we're prosperous because we save. Amen. We didn't get born with silver spoons in our mouths. We just have done the right things to be able to be prosperous. And you know, our refrigerators are full. And when you get around people and, and our tree will have tons of gifts under it, and you think about folks that are just struggling to make it, it puts everything into perspective. It gives you a different perception of what's going on. My one daughter, Angeline, she, um, she has really battled scoliosis of the spine. I mean, we saw, we used to have a, a, an x-ray of her back that just kind of looked like an S-curve. And, uh, you know, she was, I mean, if she was here, she would testify that she was really upset at God because she wanted to be healed. She wanted that gone. And, and look, and, and look, I believe God, I, I believe the miracle is not over, okay? Amen. But she was really struggling with it. And she was in one of our messages one time when I was talking about perception and about how that we just, if we change our, and she started thinking about this thing that really bothered her about with in her understanding of God. And um, God told her at that point, he says, I want you to think for a minute about what you're able to do with that back like it is. And she says, well, I stand all day as a hairdresser or a professional stylist and I have no pain while I do that. And she came to me after that service and she said, Dad, she said, you know what? This is a miracle because I shouldn't be able to do this. And yet I can do it every single day in my job without pain. Without pain. Now look, we're still standing in faith for the completion of that miracle. Amen? But what a miracle. See, to rejoice. So see what you know Sometimes we just have to have a different perceptive. In fact, one great, uh, um, one great uh, psychologist said that a person came to him and said, I'm so depressed and I'm just struggling. This is a, the guy that is one of the chief founders of psychology. And, uh, and it said, I, psychiatry, excuse me, and said, I need help. I don't know what to do. And I, you know, I just feel like taking my life. And the guy, the, the person wanted advice. And so the psychiatrist said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go through that door. I want you to go down the stairs. I want you, as you go down those stairs, I want you to go out the door. I want you to go out into the street. I want you to walk two blocks down here. And I want you to go up to the next homeless person you meet. And I want you to help them. And he says, I promise you that when you get out of yourself and you start helping the people that are doing worse than you are, you'll forget about the depression that you're dealing with in your life. See, what we know isn't all the information. There's more to learn, amen? There's more to understand. All right, number three. What you see isn't all that's visible. <laughs> you know, Luke chapter two, verse eight, and uh, you know, when we talk about the Christmas story, I want you to think about, here's these shepherds, they're all out in the field, you know, and they're, they're doing their shepherding thing. It's nighttime, obviously, and they're all out there and they're kind of getting the sheep all settled down and they're resting. They're maybe around a fire and, you know, just kind of finishing up their day. And all of a sudden, bing, there's an angel standing there, right? Now, that would be pretty powerful, wouldn't it? I mean, if you're just going along and an angel pops up and you're out in a field and it's dark and, you know, I mean, we didn't have like city lights that they could have out there. I mean, there was nothing. So it's dark. The stars are the only thing up there. And 
all of a sudden an angel appears and says, I bring unto you glad tidings of great joy. You remember this passage? And then, but here's the next thing. And, uh, and then it says, after the, this angel makes this announcement to these shepherds, bing, 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 suddenly, that's what it says, suddenly there was a multitude of angels. Now you talk about freaking out, right? <laughs> I mean, you just start wondering what was in that food you just ate, right? You're thinking, what in the world is going on here? Because all of a sudden you went from darkness to an angel to a multitude of angels, and then they all start singing. And you're like, whoa, and then just like that, they're gone. And they ascended into heaven. And you know, how'd you like to have been one of the shepherds standing there? And you're like, okay, so, well, what do we do? Well, the angel said, go into the city and you'll see the Savior that's born there. So I guess we probably ought to do what the angel said and we'll go into the city. And so they went their way rejoicing. See, what you see in your life isn't always all there is to be seen. You'll remember in the Old Testament, a great example of this, this is in the book of kings, but Elisha got up one morning, and when he got up, his servant had got, the man that served him had gotten up, and he walks out, and he sees this huge army coming to attack Elisha, and he's like, oh no, this is it. Elisha, we're going to die, and Elisha's like, look, and see, this is what a person of faith says. Elisha says, no, there's more for us than there is against us. Now, you know, I'm sure that this uh, servant was like, okay, dude, whatever, you know, we're going to die. I'm telling you, I see how bad this is out here. You just aren't paying attention or you're in denial or something. And he says, no, he says, let me pray for you. Lord, open his eyes that he could see what's really going on here. That's how you need to pray right there. See, when you see something going on, I don't care whether it's with your kids, it's your marriage, it's something with your finances, it's something going on in your health, you say, Lord, help me see what's really happening here. Help me see what you see, God. And you know, he opened that servant's eyes up and that servant saw a multitude of angels standing all around them. Do you know, friend, no matter what's going on around you, there are a multitude of angels. You just don't see them. You just don't see them. And sometimes we're, we, we think, well, no I, no, I was going through this thing, and it was bad, and I don't think there were any angels there. Let me tell you something. You're still alive, aren't you? I can name a bunch of times in my life I should be dead. I should be dead. You know, when I was, um, when I was a kid, my mother, I was probably about seven years old, um, you know, back before seatbelts and all of that. And uh, my mother was driving. It was in the rain. We were on a busy road in Akron, Ohio, and she was going around the curve. And I grabbed hold of the door handle and opened the door. And when she hit that curve, I went flying out of the car. She was going about 35 miles an hour. And I landed on that brick. I can still see that. I was flying through the air, landed on that brick, and a car slammed its brakes on, and the bumper was right above my head whenever it stopped. Now, you could say, well, you were just lucky. That's fine. Go ahead and however you want to factor that in. 
But I'm telling you, I know that somebody else, some, a bigger hand had mine, my hand that was helping me through that, my stupidity. And aren't you glad that God doesn't bail on you and your stupidity? And I'm glad. I mean, my poor mom, we put her through so much. I'm My brother, if you ever met my brother, Ed, um, he may be watching, so I'll be careful what I say. But, but um, you know, have you ever had a family member that challenged all your faith? Your faith and trust in God and made you think about killing them and telling God they died? <laughs> I mean, family members can be real interesting. And uh, my brother Ed, man, he tested my mother and my dad so much in the things that he did. But there were people praying for him. And so a greater hand was protecting him. Look, just because you see that happening doesn't mean that's all that there is. There's more going on. Now, I'm going to tell you the, the, the last one to me is the greatest one. This is the key thing that we have to grab hold of that will help us so much. And that is this. What you feel can change through a heart of praise. What you feel. You know, it's a bad thing when we, it's a very bad thing for us when we live out of our emotions. That's a bad place to live. And God called us, we're spiritual beings. And so we're called to live out of our spirit, not out of our emotions. And our emotions are fickle. They change. They change with the day. They change with the moment. They change with whatever that we're going through. But but here's the thing. When we lean to the Word of God, we can experience real change in our lives through praise. And praise will put you into a spiritual atmosphere. You know, when you, if you just think about this, and we'll look at a couple of passages with this. You know, there are certain songs that you can listen to that take you back to a place. Am I right? You know, I mean, if I get out some Led Zeppelin, and I know some of you younger guys are like, who's that? But but if I get out Pink Floyd or, you know, or some Boston or some Peter Frampton or do you all know who those guys are? Uh, it takes me somewhere. Right. I'm, I'm on a trip, a journey. Right. I'm going somewhere. Right. And some of you have country music, you know, your Garth Brooks people like, you know, listening to I have friends in low places. And you can think of all your friends that are in those low places. So. <laughs> I mean, you know who they are and you can call them by name. But see, the, the truth of that is, as well for me, is just that there are certain songs that I can sing that also, that when I sing them, take me to another place. Like when I sing, How Great Thou Art, that takes me somewhere. Or when I sing, Great Is Our God. Or I sing, you know, uh, I mean, th these songs, they, they move me into a different realm. They take my emotion someplace else. They take my attitude someplace else because this is what God has ordained that the worship the praise that we do does in our lives you know in AA one of the things that they teach in Alcoholics Anonymous is that you should have a list of thanksgiving things that you're thankful for because what thanksgiving does to you is it it changes all your attitude changes through thanksgiving when you start evaluating evaluating what really you are thankful for now, look, it's tough when you there are things you can't be thankful for because there are things that are out of your control. You can't control people. You can't control people. People do what they're going to do. And so you have no control, but you can control how that you begin to live your life no matter what they're deciding to do in their life. 
how you're going to respond to that, how you're going to believe through that, what you're going to, what's going to be your perception through what you're dealing with. So praise puts us in the right, thanksgiving puts us into the right atmosphere. It puts us into the right place. It changes our attitude and it's ordained by God. Ephesians 5 says this, and you can write this down, look it up later. But Ephesians chapter 5 says this, don't be drunk with wine, okay? Don't be drunk with wine because God's got something better. Now, I know that's hard sometimes for us to believe that God is better than wine. But God says, don't be drunk with wine. He says, but be filled with the Spirit. Well, Pastor, how do I get filled with the Spirit? Well, first of all, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you you're already have been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you leak, so you need to be filled again. So what happens is, is that he says, be filled with the Spirit, and here's how you do it. Singing, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart. I want you to look at this passage with me. Go ahead. Turn to Ephesians 5 with me. Some of you are looking at me like you don't believe me, so I want you to see it. Amen. Ephesians 5.15. All right. See then that you don't walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit speaking. And I want you, if you write in your Bible, I want you to underline the word one another there. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and submitting, and there's one another there at the end again, submitting to one another, if you want to underline that, in the fear of God, in the fear of God. See, Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing is something we can do ourselves, but singing also is something that we are supposed to do with one another. I know worship a lot of times can just become about singing songs, but there is great power when we sing with one another. When we sing with one another. You know, um, when I'm in a church service and, and, and I know someone's going through something, bad, really bad, like bad report, and I see them worshiping God anyways, that does something to me. Amen? That does something to me. Because, see, that's the one another part of the Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. When I hear those words coming out of their mouth that, you know, that my soul sings, how great, how great is our God, or, you know, I praise you, or, Lord God, you're greater than the circumstance. Look, that says something. That says something. And uh, as a pastor, a lot of times I'm privy to stuff that people are going through. So, you know, because of my relationship as a pastor and, and to know that they continue to worship God, even though their finances might be in the toilet right now or their, their family's a mess or their, their, their health is not good. And, and yet they're still saying, no, I will continue to praise him. See, it, it's about the one another environment. It's a one another environment. Say that with me, one another. Look, we need one another. We need one another. 
Sometimes the devil will say, well, nobody needs you. But look, I'm telling you that your faith is inspiring someone. Your worship of God is inspiring somebody. Somebody is inspired by that, and it's helping them. So we build ourselves up. We get filled with the Spirit because we sing and make melody in our heart. Well, if we don't have anybody with us, can we do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just like when you sing a song that might be about something from your past, and you, you, you emotionally begin to move into that place, what happens when we sing and make melody in our heart to the Lord, we begin to worship, we begin to sing. Guess what happens? Our emotions change. Our feelings change. We all of a sudden begin to move into a different place because what's happening is, is, is that we're being filled with the Spirit. And I don't have time to get into all the depths of this, but you know, Psalm chapter 8 tells us that God has ordained praise to give us strength, to give us strength. And because of that, it says that when we have the strength, that it will silence the avenger, the, the one who's trying to bring vengeance against us. And Psalm 8 tells us that when you and I begin to praise God, what happens is the devil shuts up. He has to shut up because we've made a choice. And that's what it is. It's a choice. Well, I'll sing when I feel like singing. Well, here's the thing. If you want to get out of where you're at, sing your way out of it. Sing your way out of it. Begin to, you, you say, well, I'm just not a real good singer. I didn't say that you had to be a professional vocal singer to be able to get out of it. Just make melody. A joyful noise is a joyful noise, whether it sounds great or not. You know, my mom and dad, my mom and dad, bless their hearts, when back when they were in the United Methodist Church, they had a, they had a group, they called them Joyful Noise, actually. And they would travel around and they would sing at Bible, they would sing anywhere they could, Bible studies. And I'm, can I just say they weren't good? I mean, they were not good. I mean, they weren't ever going to cut an album, right? They weren't going to have a recording studio offer for them to come in. But I'm going to tell you what, when they sang, there was an anointing on it. I mean, people would start weeping. I'm like, man, this is really powerful. I had them come to my to the church I was doing, my internship, the Norwood United Methodist Church. My brother Bob was part of their group, and they all came and sang, and we sang the Hallelujah Chorus. And, and I told folks, look, I, I know this is a Methodist church, and we don't do this here, but, you know, if, if you just feel like that, you know, you want to lift your hands, and, uh, you know, and worship God that's in the Bible and, and you're more than welcome to do it. And then, you know, being the great man of faith, I am, I close my eyes and, uh, and, and they started singing. And I mean, there was an anointing that was there. It was so powerful that was on their lives. And it was not because they sang great, but it's because they sang from their heart and they would make a joy and they would always tease about, we make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And that's exactly what it was. It was just a noise. They'd sing those songs. And I, I remember that Sunday morning, Mark, I'm standing in the pulpit. And, you know, I did what, you know, just to kind of just to kind of look and see what was. I was kind of peeking out of my eye with it half shut, half open. And I uh, had my hands up in the air worshiping the Lord. And I looked out and there was about 100 Methodists in that church all had their hands up in the air, crying, lifting, praising God. The anointing was so strong. See, look, the, it's when we become filled with the Spirit when we begin to make psalms and hymns and melodies in our heart to the Lord, to the Lord. I'll give you one more passage. You can turn there with me, Habakkuk, and we'll be done this morning. Are you getting anything out of this? Habakkuk chapter 3. And uh, 
I probably quote this verse to our farmers at least once a year because it's just a it's just a, such a powerful reminder, uh, you know, just to to help us. But in Psalm Habakkuk chapter three and verse seventeen, and in my Bible it has a headline above it: the hymn of faith. I love that the hymn of faith. Now here's what faith looks like. Are you ready for this? Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, and though the flock may be cut off from the field, and there's no herd in the stalls. Man, that's bleak, isn't it? I'm like, what? Okay, why is that a hymn of faith? I mean, it sounds to me like a hymn of despair, doesn't it? Sounds like a hymn of discouragement and depression. But he says, look, even though all these things are failing, flocks, and there's no food, and there's no, you know, the olive is failing, everything is failing. He said in verse 18, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will joy in the God of my salvation. I want you to hear what this says in the Message Bible. A Message Bible says it like this. I'm singing joyful praise to God, and I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior God. Amen. Maybe we ought to have a cartwheel service this morning. It'd be fun just to watch people trying to do them, wouldn't it? Amen. You'd watch me go flying across the floor and crash and burn. No, look, I'm singing joyful praise to God. I'm turning cartwheels of joy. What in the world? Why would you do that? Why would you be turning cartwheels and shouting joy to God whenever you got nothing? Can you imagine what all the people around him thought? They thought, this guy's lost his mind. He's out of control. He's gone over the deep end. Here he is, he's shouting and praising God, and he's got nothing. Nothing's working right. Nothing's going the right direction. But look at this, verse 19. The Lord God is my strength, and he'll make my feet like a deer's feet. He will make me walk on my high heels. (laughs) Here's what this says in the Message Bible. It's so cool. He said, look, I'm counting on God's rule to prevail. I'm counting on God's rule to prevail. See, what you feel can change through a heart of praise. I'm counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and gain strength. I run like a deer, and I feel like I'm king on the mountain. Any of you guys ever play king of the hill or king of the mountain? Man, you're on top of the mountain. Becky gave me a picture. You know, I did my king of the mountain thing when we were in Columbia. They were all, and I got on top of this rock, and you know, I'm king of the hill. And she gave me a picture of that. I got it on my desk. Just reminds me when things are not going good, when I look to my Savior, when I look to my King, I think about where He's brought me from. I begin to sing praise to His name. No matter how discouraging, no matter how many tears I may have weeped for the night, joy will always come in the morning because I will have a new song. Amen. Look, some of you here this morning, that's exactly what you need. You just need a new song. It's time to break the old record. It's time to sing the new song. It's time to get rid of blue despair and agony on me, and it's time to start singing a new song of praise to your God because here's the thing. Your feelings will change. Your feelings will change as you praise Him, as you give Him glory. Stand up with me if you would. You'll be filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Becky, come on up here to the piano if you would. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? You know, we respect that everybody's at different stages in their life, going through different challenges. Uh, you know, right here are people battling, in this right now in this room are people that are battling through real challenges in their personal health, in their finances, in their marriage, in their family. No, we, we, we recognize it. But we also this morning want you to honor God with your faith and say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, that even though I see stuff, even though I'm hearing things going on around me, I know that's not all that's being said. Lord, even though I know some stuff, it isn't all there is to know. Lord, even though I see some things right now, I know that's not all that's visible. And Lord, even though I'm feeling this way today, I know I can change through a heart of praise. And I want us this morning just to, just to take just a few minutes. We're finishing real early this morning, but I really wanted to have a, some time here that you could just put that focus on the Lord. So Greg, if we could just bring the, the house lights down just a little bit, if we would. And uh, what's that you're playing? There you go. I want you to sing that. Come on up. We'll get that up on the screen. But how we change as we stand in his love. Thank you, Lord. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear. Sing that again, my fear. Yes. Oh, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. When darkness tries, when darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own In brokenness and pain you are my hope My firm foundation My firm foundation Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Jesus. Oh, my fear, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Oh, shame has no place to hide. Shame no longer has a place to hide. Come on. 
I am not a captive to the You're not a to leave my past behind I won't be shaken I won't be shaken my fear my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when I Stand in your love. Come on, you're encouraging somebody right now, and you're encouraging yourself. Yes, Lord, God Almighty. There's power that can break off every chain. Every chain. There's power that can empty out grave. Yes, there is God. There's power in your name, power in your name. Sing that again. There's power, power that can wash off every stain. There's power that can empty out the grave. Oh, there's power. There's power that can wash off every stain. There's power in your name, power in your name. Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. I just want to read this. Uh, Pastor mentioned this Psalm 66. And I want to read this out of the message to you because I love what it says. It says, all together now, applause for God. Sing songs to the tune of his glory. Set forth to the rhythms of his praise. Say of God, we've never seen anything like him. And when your enemies see you in action, in other words, when your enemies see you praising God, they slink off like scolded dogs. The whole earth falls to its knees to worship you, O oh God, to sing praises to you. And they can't stop enjoying your name in front and fame. So whenever we take action and what we're do, whenever we praise, whenever we worship, whenever we sing praises to God, that's taking action. And whenever we begin to do that, the enemy cannot stand there. He can't, you know, it's like this song says, fear doesn't stand, stand a chance. And when we first sang this song, you know, we, we say my fear. But whenever I identified what my fear was, and my fear is going to be different than your fear. But whenever I began to identify what that fear was, I no longer said my fear. Because I'm not, I mean, I own it once. And then once I take it before God and say, God, this, uh, no, I have no fear in you. Come on. So now I sing it as fear yeah. doesn't stand a chance. Does it? Because when I say my fear, I'm still holding on to it. Yeah. 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 You understand what I'm yeah, saying? That's awesome. See, we're talking about words here. 
I mean, past the whole sermon was about what are you saying? What are you listening to? What are you doing? What are you praising? And if we're talking about words, if I'm going to say my fear, I'm still holding on to it. But whenever I okay, hold on to it once, but then once you get into praise, let it go. Yeah. And you begin to say fear. Fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Nothing, nothing stands a chance in the power and the presence of Christ's love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want you to uh, put a hand on somebody. Just go join hands. I want you to put a hand and put it on their shoulder or whatever. Everybody get a hand on somebody if you would. Thank you, Father. I'm going to make a declaration. I felt this in the spirit. I declare over your life today that the limitations are broken that have held you through 2018. That as you step forward into this new year, as you go through this period of holiday and celebration, that you will sense something greater is about to come in your life. More than any gift could ever be that you could get from under a tree that you're about to step into something that God has ordained for your destiny, something that he has planned for your life. Your days of brokenness and weariness and tiredness and frustration will melt and break as those limitations are pulled off of your life. One is about to break within the next week. Two will break within the next three. And by the time you get to the middle of this new year, you're going to sense that you're walking in a freedom and an anointing like you never have before, saith the Lord. You're about to experience what he has foretold from old over your life, that his plans for you are for you to be plenteous and to prosper. His plan over your life is good, is good. And every gift from him is perfect without any shadow, without any variable, without any turning. You will no longer be limited by what's going on around you, saith the Lord. But you will only be limited by what you believe about what's going on around you and what you believe about me. It's time. It's time to walk in the limitlessness of your God and experience he who is able to do exceeding abundantly above everything that you could even ask or even think by the spirit that is in you, saith the Lord. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Before you go today, Merry Christmas. If I won't see you tomorrow night, I want you to tell three people that was a word from